Well, good morning. Grateful that you're here. Today we're going to communicate about love, and one of those topics is going to be endless love. But here's what we're going to talk about, God's love. God's love is perfect. God's love is faithful, unconditional, forgiving, all-encompassing, pure, lasting. God's love is sacrificial. God's love is strong, enduring, refreshing, redeeming. God's love is everlasting. It's lavish. It's inspiring, steadfast. It's gracious. It's amazing. It's endless, and it's so much more. The Bible tells us, if you don't know this, that God is love. And that's what we're going to communicate as we go through this series over the next few weeks. If you're new here today, I've already met a couple that is new. Welcome. We love having new people here. We're a church that thrives in having new people because the people that we call are normal people. Do we even have any normal people? I have no idea. But if we did have a normal person, we have been building ourselves up to be a love offering to this world. God told us a long time ago in the backyard that we were going to be a love offering to this community, that we were going to be a bunch of loving people that accepted everybody wherever they're at, and that we were going to love them until they learn to love themselves and love God and have an impact in this community. So we are on a mission, and if you decide never to come back, I ask you that you take our mission with you, which is love the world one person at a time, find a church that opens up the word of God and reads it, and love them. Bring love into their community. Amen? Amen. Here's what C.S. Lewis talks about as we are a church that's built on love. He says this, though our feelings come and go, God's love does not. Listen, feelings come and go. Feelings are not my future. That's what I've always been taught. My feelings aren't my future. They may feel and be true the way that I see it, but it's not my future. But God's love never goes anywhere. God's love is powerful. And it never goes anywhere. I always communicate it this way. Anybody uh, have ever tried to connect to Wi-Fi? Yeah, it's miserable if that's all you have. But here's the way I look at it. God's Wi-Fi is this love that's already out there and it's already been existing since the beginning of time. And all you need to do is connect with the password, Jesus, and you will have that loving connection with God. I worked all week on that, so I should get a little bit better than that. It's pretty sad when you got to grovel, but I'm not, I'm not too good for that, so I'll grovel all the time. I'm grateful that you guys understand that God's love is real, it's powerful, and it's the thing that moves us and makes us who we are. And if you don't know God and you don't know that he is love, hopefully by the end of the sermon, and hopefully if you come around for the next few weeks, you will experience God's love, you will see it, and you will make it part of who you are. So we're going through this new series over the next few weeks, and it's called Mixtapes. Anybody remember a tape cassette? If you're under 25, you've never seen one. You barely have seen a CD. But the history of a tape cassette, 1966, they started audio taping, and it was this thing called an 8-track. Yeah, anybody ever have an 8-track here? Not in this group. And then we got to this really small, small cassette and what you would do is you find someone that you really like and you're like, I'm going to put some tunes on this and hopefully you'll fall in love with me because of my master mix. Today, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's called a playlist. You got it? Playlist. 
So we've got these mixed tapes, and these mixed tapes were songs showing your undesirable love. And usually it would start with, my, I won't sing because my endless love is bad. So, but we put these songs on it so that you can connect to our heart. Most of the time, they would get them and go, yeah, that was lame, and don't do that. But the truth is, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some mixed tapes. God's love over the next few weeks. And I don't know if you know this, but the Bible is like a mixed tape. When you open it up to almost anywhere, if you want to know about God's love, you open it up and you read it, and somehow, some way, he loves us. The Bible is a compilation of words from God derived from men, and they're to be mixed tapes to our heart so that we can connect with God of the universe, we can understand who Jesus is, and how we can walk in a life with him. That's what he wants for us. And he's written a bunch of words so that we can connect with him. So the next three weeks, we're going to talk about some cheesy love songs at the beginning, and then we're going to have some powerful applications so that we can walk out of here making sure that we know what God's love is. I was just going to say, I want to know what love is. Yeah. Psalm 86, 15 is our memory verse for the next few weeks, and it says this, but you, O Lord, are merciful and a loving God, always patient, always kind and faithful. That's the kind of God that we have. When I'm wrong and when I'm off, when I'm offensive to God, when I'm disrespectful, when I'm not right with God, his love is merciful and it's always there. When I make mistakes, when I do things wrong, God's love is, is faithful and it's patient and it's kind even when I'm not kind and impatient. God's love is there. That's what we're trying to get to in this series called Mixtape. So today our mixtape, our three kind of songs on the mixtape are these three words. Endless, that we saw Lionel Richie and Diana Ross sing. The next word is enduring, and the final word is steadfast. And if we grasp or cling to this or make it part of our life, if we make these words part of our life through the eyes of God, it will complete us. Have you ever seen the mixtape? You know, the old famous sign, you complete me. If we understand steadfast, if we understand enduring and endless love, it will truly complete us. And I wrote a little mixtape for that called, You Complete Me. That took a long time, too. I don't know about you, but when I found Jesus in my life, I want to be complete and whole. And I didn't really understand it in the first few days, weeks, and months. But over time, I made it part of who I am. And today, I see God even more powerful uh, than I used to because I've given him the space and room to move in my heart. So today, we're going to talk about endless and enduring and steadfast love. In this world, we don't really understand these words because we don't really understand endless or forever or eternal or everlasting. We don't understand these words. They're poetic and impactful, but they're hard for our brains to comprehend because we don't understand these things that go on and on and on. And I can keep saying it, but it doesn't mean that we understand it. You just get tired of me saying, and on and on. And so these words are something that we need to grasp and make part of who we are. Few things in this world are everlasting, but we know there is one thing, and that is Jesus Christ. We need to have a strong understanding of his love that is everlasting, it's endless, and it goes on forever. And it's steadfast even when you're weak in the ways of the, of the, ways of the world. God loves us, 
And when he loves us, he wants to get inside of your body and he wants to just shake you up so that you feel loved by him and by others. And even more importantly, loving yourself so that you can be a testimony to this world. Do you realize you're an offering to the world by the way that God loves you? Yeah? Hopefully you'll know more of that as we continue. So the first word is endless. We, say, uh, we were singing a little bit of it. We were doing a little bit of that slow jam kind of stuff that we do. And the word endless defines this, having or seeming to have no end or limit. The word, the synonym for endless is infinite, unlimited, everlasting, continuous, unending, and constant. Endless love is everlasting. It's unending. It's constant. It's there even when you don't want it to be there. It's there when you're running and hiding. It's there. It's endless. And it's that powerful. Jeremiah 31.3 offers us an understanding of this deep, endless love. Jeremiah is communicating and God is speaking to him. He says, I have loved you, my people, with this everlasting, endless love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. God starts to love you. And in that loving relationship, he draws you into a relationship with him so that you can be different and whole and complete. That's what this endless love does. Psalm 107, 8 says this, Let him give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and for his wonderful deeds to mankind. This love that we're talking about in the Hebrew is called chesed. And if Jeremy were up here, he'd make us say it and spit would be coming out as he was saying it. And the truth is, that's what God wants to, for us to understand, this chesed, this loving kindness. Chesed is, is defined as loving kindness. And God wants to use this loving kindness in our lives. When you're unlovable, his loving kindness is there. When you're in a bad spot in your life and you're distant, God's loving kindness is there. So today we want to use this loving and enduring kindness so that God can move in our lives. The second word is enduring. And this, this kind of love is something that's super impactful. The definition of enduring love is continue or long-lasting. The synonyms are live through, withstand, experience, sustain and survive this is what enduring means enduring god and and surviving god with god is something important that we need to make part of our life last and go through god wants us to understand his love will go through whatever we need to go through and that reminds me about uh, uh an event that happened in a church in november 5th 2017 I don't know if you guys remember this, but there's a man named Frank Pomeroy that was a pastor of a church. And that Sunday, a man went in and shot up a bunch of people. And his daughter, Bella, happened to be in the service. Frank was there, and he got a phone call, and he said, somebody shot up the church. At least 20-plus people are dead. And Frank says, are you kidding me? I thought it was a joke. And then he started seeing things in the news, and somebody said, and, and, and Frank, your daughter, Bella, died. Now, Bella was adopted by Frank when she was two years old. She was a light. They didn't plan on adopting her, but she was such an awesome child that they brought her and said, we're going to make her part of our family. She was so strong, this small church regularly heard from Bella. She would go up front and preach the gospel because she loved Jesus. She was an awesome child. She was the lifeblood of this church. And the first thing the father said when he found out that she had died, he said, thank God. 
Thank God she's not one of the survivors because she probably couldn't have made it. She would have been so heartbroken that some people left to be with Jesus and she was left behind. That's weird. But that's what enduring love does. He continues to say some things that really kind of blow my mind. As they're interviewing him, they're saying, well, is your faith shaken? Do you want to preach? And he goes, my faith is stronger than ever. Because of this, I am stronger than I've ever been. He said, this is like my Super Bowl that I've been built for this for many years. And now today I'm playing in the Super Bowl. He's saying that I was built over time to last this enduring love and go through the death of his daughter. And here's some more encouraging things that he said that were really powerful. He said that I can't give up on the mission. The interviewers were like, well, are you going to still pastor? He's like, it would be in vain if I quit pastoring. These 26 people died and now I'm going to quit because of a, a, a terrible event? He said, no, I'm going to stand strong. He goes, have you ever read Psalm 23? There's no break in verse 4. Verse 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a break and take a sabbatical? No. I fear no evil. And I'm going to stand up and be strong. Now, I have girls in my life. I'm raising three girls. And this would be horrific for anybody. But when you have God's love and it endures and is endless, you can walk through anything. Do you believe that today? Amen. Amen. Here's a couple of quick verses. It says, Psalm 100 and verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good, his love endures forever, and he is faithful. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God is faithful, his love endures, and he is working on generations. We're working on a lunch hunger that's going on, but he's into generations. We're worried about what's going to happen this week and how much money we can afford on Valentine's, and he's worried about my grandkids and my great-grandkids and their great-grandkids. His love endures and is steadfast and it holds us and carries us far beyond what's happening today. We're worried about today and God's love endures and worries about the future. Chronicles 16.34 says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His, his steadfast love endures forever. Their steadfast love is important and it's part of our life. And God wants to work powerfully in our life to make it whole and, and right. Do you know how humans measure love? We measure it in the only way that we can understand it. We measure it in this passionate love, right? You met someone and you're so in love and we call it lustful or whatever, but man, I'm so in love with them. I'm going to drive all the way to Modesto just to say hi. I was in the neighborhood. Nobody's ever in the neighborhood of Modesto, ever. I was there once and it was at a wrong turn, right? You're never in the neighborhood. But this passionate love makes us do crazy things. There's another one that we call young love or puppy love. At our house, we have to continually tap down the puppy love. His breath smells like Cheetos, and it's so awesome. <laughs> right. And then there's this other one that's first love. And honestly, this is not the first love that you ever had, but it's that first time that you met the love of your life. And it reminds me, me and my wife, we're at Coffee Bean. And within minutes... I could feel that we were going to be together. I mean, she was telling the church that she was going to marry me weeks and months before that. But at this moment, we were connecting that coffee bean. And we had this conversation about our kids and our life. And that first moment has never left me. I love you, babe.
That wasn't in the message, by the way, but brownie points for, thank, uh, val- what is it, Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, something like that? Yeah. But here's the question. Can those three loves sustain without God? Passionate love goes quickly. Once the passion is gone, I don't really love them anymore. Young love, they get old. The Cheeto breath is not good in the morning, trust me. But the thing that lasts is this first love. If you put God's love in your heart, it can carry you beyond. First love is like God's love. When we're unbearable, when we're unlikable, when we're unkind and we need a blessing, God's first love carries us. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 19 that we love because he first loved. He knew that we were going to be in this world long before we did. He was there in the womb forming us, and he will be there in the end when we meet our maker. He's there. That first love can work, and that's how God loves us. There's no earthly match for it. That's what God wants to do. If you're able to stand, let's stand. I know it's late. But I want to read my psalm. This is my psalm. If you've ever been in the hospital, hopefully you never have to go, but this is one of the things I'll read. It's, it's my inspiration. Several years ago, I was going through a tough moment in church history, and uh, God spoke to me this psalm, Psalm 63, and it's about relentless love. And God said, I want you to chase after this love that's inside of me. And he gave me this psalm, and it's a powerful psalm, and I want to read it over you, and then I want to use it as application. Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and I gaze upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands in prayer to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest of feasts. I will praise you with songs of joy I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you throughout the night. You are be- you, because you are my helper, I will sing for joy in the shadows of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth, and they will die by the sword and become food, the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God, and all who trust in him will praise him, while liars will be silenced. Our church prays. Our church is a praying church, and we've tried to become a corporate praying church. And we've divided up our teams, both first service and second service. This side is Team Salvation on the, over here. Throughout the week and, and month, they're praying for people to be saved, not just to grow this church, but to grow people in the kingdom of God. This section was where my family sits. This is Team Revelation. And we're praying that God will reveal his heart, mind, and soul and give us a real understanding of who he is. And so we're praying that God will reveal himself to everybody in our community, in our country, and the world. And this is where I sit. It's funny. My family sits here, but I sit over here because this is my team. This is Team Transformation. And we're praying that God will, will reveal and build salvation and transform us and renew us into a better image of who he is. So let's pray. We're also praying for our, our other pastor here, Jeremy. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Tara and Jeremy were at our house on Super Bowl, and they ate some chili that Ed made. And uh, the next day, Tara had an emergency C-section. Her blood pressure was going through the roof. And uh, I'm going to let Jeremy kind of announce his child and put some pictures up. But we're just going to pray for them. They're watching live on uh, of the live stream. So let's just pray for revelation, salvation, transformation in the K's family. Father, we love you. 
And I know as the K's are sitting in the NICU, we pray, God, that you are breathing life into their baby boy. That you are giving him love and understanding, revelation, Lord, that you are growing his lungs. Lord, I ask that you raise him up and, and allow him to rejoice in the amazing parents that he has. Father, I pray right now that you will speak to us, that you will transform us, and that you will grow us in our salvation, Lord. We offer this time to you and ask for you to move unbelievably in our lives. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated. So in human terms, we only understand things in the way that our mind sees it. We don't understand everlasting. We don't understand endless because there's nothing really good in this world that gives us this understanding except God and Jesus and the works of the Holy Spirit. But what I want to do is use this image today so that you can understand a little bit of everlasting. And I've got my buddy, Jeff Barnett, another pastor at the church here, and I'm going to use this brand new green extension cord. This is the image for today. Now, here's what we're doing. This, this extension cord is a part of our life. This is what our life will look like through God, through, through now and through eternity. The problem is it's only 100 foot because we don't have things that are everlasting and endless in this world. But here's the thing. As he's unraveling it and it keeps going and going, God's love endures. It's endless. It's steadfast. And we see that in this extension cord. It's brand new from Home Depot. But what is going to happen with this extension cord over its life? It's going to be put in the back of cars. It's going to be put in the dark. It's going to be used in special events. It's going to be ran over. It's going to be tossed. It's going to be used. It's going to be strung up to do something amazing. This is really our life in a nutshell. The way that we see it is this is our whole life with God. But here's the problem. This is our impact on earth. I took a picture of it this morning. This is our life. This whole 100-foot extension cord is our life in eternity. But all we have is this love, this love on earth, and it's through this plug. The rest of the time we're going to be with God and know his love. This small section is what we're practicing right now. Receive that love today. Make it part of who you are because this is all we have. We're not guaranteed any more than this. Some of us are a little less on the plug, but no one goes beyond that. This is our life. The rest of this is an eternity. No matter what happens, God's love is powerful and it's endless. And I know this is a 100-foot cord, but I want to use it as an image. Let your life understand God's love and use the most that you can in the shorter time that you have on earth. Amen? Hey, thanks my buddy Vanna White, Jeff Barnett for helping me. Today I want to give you some application. You know, I read Psalm 63 a lot. And as I was doing a little bit of studying on Psalm 63, there was this guy, he's called St. John uh, Cryostom. And he's an important man because he would be called the father of church. Back in the day in uh, 349, he was the father of the church. And he said some really cool things about Psalm 63 that I kind of want to share with you today. First and foremost, he says that Psalm 63 is the spirit and soul of all the psalms in the Bible. There's 150 psalms in the Bible. And he said if there was only one psalm that kind of spoke through all of the psalms, it would be Psalm 63. The other thing that John said that was important, he's a saint now, the other thing that it said was that they ordained this psalm to be read by every Christian every day. If you don't know Psalm 63, he said it's ordained by the father of the church that every Christian should read Psalm 63 every day. 
And the final thing that he said, during every Sunday service, the first thing that needs to be sung or read would be Psalm 63, the one that I just read. It's that powerful a psalm. It's broke down in three parts. It's my desire, my delight, and God is my defense. God is my desire, God is my delight, and God is my defense. As you read this psalm, it becomes part of who you are. I was struggling many years ago, and God said, listen, if you want to know me, I want you to seek me and be relentless and pursue me and watch what I will do in your life. And this psalm has never failed me. Through good times, through bad times, through struggles with my girls, and they've been great, through things in our life that we've dealt with, through passings of a mother-in-law, a lot of things have happened, but this psalm is powerful. David is going through a tough time in his life. He's writing this psalm, and he's under pressure. Anybody under pressure here at all today? This is kind of what life looks like. We got a few cracks in our head. Life is starting to close in. David is under immense pressure writing this psalm. His son is chasing him, trying to kill him to take over the kingdom. And he's, t and he's ran out to the Judean desert. If you've ever been in Israel, this Judean desert is a dry and parched land. There's no water in it at all. And it's where we see the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've got a picture of it. It's, there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. We've been out there on the bus. We see it. It's, 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 it's basically this desolate area. It's kind of like Yuma. Anybody ever been to Yuma? I'm picking on a lot of cities today. Not good. Hopefully, if you're from Yuma, welcome. Thanks for coming here. And Modesto, by the way, if you're from Modesto, thanks for coming. The Judean desert is dry. It's parched. There's nothing out there, and he's writing this, and he's talking about God's love that is steadfast. So I want to use this as application today as we kind of close this, this message up. We realize that God's love is endless, my endless love, and we realize that it can endure even the passing of a child sought in a church. But now we need to understand that God's love is steadfast. It's there, and it's for me, it's for my taking. If I want to know God's love and if I want to be in love with God, I've got to do something. I can't sit on my butt. Can I say that? I'll sit on my bum, derriere. If I want to have a loving relationship with God, I've got to do something. And that's what God has challenged us in this psalm. Here you see him seeking out. So I'm just going to go through this. God is my desire. Here's what he says. Oh, God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there's no water. I'm in the desert. My son's trying to kill me. I don't want to fight him because the way I fight him, I'm going to have to kill him. So I'm just going to give up and give him the kingdom because I don't want any of that. David's like, my family's gone through a bunch of mess. I've lost a child. My daughter was raped. You know, there's been a whole bunch of wreckage in his past. And he's like, I'm not going to let Absalom die because I'm trying to kill him. So he goes into this desert. But then he says, I've seen you in the sanctuary and I gazed upon your power and glory. And that means to us, I've been in the church. I remember being in that church one day when I was listening to the music and the message. And it was like God was speaking to me. I've seen your power and glory. I know that you're alive. And he's like remembering this time that he's in the sanctuary, the tabernacle with God, communicating and watching God work and move in a powerful way. He's like, I've been there. And he's taking his place from that cave in that dry and dark area. And he's understanding, God, I've been there. 
there. I realize where you're at and that you're not there. You're here with me. And then it comes to this steadfast. Most versions, verse 3 says steadfast. Mine says unfailing. Your unfailing or steadfast love is better than life itself. When you're in a loving relationship, that love for someone is better than life itself. You remember that young puppy love, that passionate love? I can barely breathe without them. My daughter was in seventh grade, going into eighth grade, and we took her phone from this because she was talking to this kid too much, and he wasn't a nice kid. I'll just say that. I'm not going to say anything else. He just wasn't a nice kid. And she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's been like 26 hours. You know, and we're like, okay, we're either going to go to the ER or give her a phone back. So I'm not going to pay the copay. so here's your phone. I'm not going to do that. Brutal. But is your love better than life for God? Man, my love for God... It's it. When I just think about what God has done in my life, when I think about he's got me up here cracking jokes, trying to preach the gospel, I have no business being here. But it's because of his love that's better than life. When we open up the word and we make it part of who we are, it makes us who we're supposed to be. When God's love is better than life, nothing else matters. No divorce, no death, no bankruptcy, no anxiety, no depression. Everything with God is so much better and so vibrant when God's love is unfailing and steadfast and better than life itself. Oh, Lord, how I praise you, David writes. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands in prayer. Hallelujah, Father. Your love is everything. And I'm going to relentlessly, endlessly Seek you, Father. If you love God, you need to pursue God. Why? That's his desire. He wants to be pursued. And when in that pursuit, in that place where you're seeking, he starts to do amazing things. He starts to build this deep and powerful, intimate relationship. I don't know about you, but I want intimacy, not just with my wife, but with God. It's not a sexual thing. It's a deep-rooted thing that anything can happen, and I still have this intimate, beautiful, powerful relationship with my, with my God who can take me through anything. Enduring, endless, powerful love that can take me through anything. Don't you want that? To seek after God means there's always so much more. God is infinite. We are finite people. God is infinite and we are finite. In God, we can have this everlasting, infinite, endless, enduring love. And it happens through Jesus Christ. The second portion, it says, God is my delight. You satisfy me more than the richest of foods. Now, listen, you don't get to this figure without having some rich feasts. It says the richest of feasts. Now, he's a king. Now, I don't know about you, but the last time I was hanging out with a king, he was partying like a rock star, and it lasted weeks. And that's what's happening. David is saying, listen, I'm a king. We've had some feasts that have last weeks and months. And he says the richest feast, the one that I've paid the most, this is better than any of that. One of my favorite feasts was my father-in-law turned 80 a couple of years ago. And the only reason why I remember this one, because the bill for that was huge. 
I remember paying for it, and I'm like, wow, this is a heavy bill. But we were up in this Marriott, and it was Thanksgiving, and we paid for this food, and it was unbelievable. It was the best buffet that I ever had, prime rib and seafood and turkey and flambe cherry jubilee. It was crazy. And then you get the bill, and you're like, oh, that's why. And that's what he's talking about, this feast. It's better than the richest feast that I've ever had. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you night and day or throughout the night. Do you realize when you're in love with someone, that's all you can think about? When you're quiet in your head, is God what you're thinking about in his love? That's what he's saying. He says, my love is better than life. And when I'm lying in bed, I'm not thinking about work or my struggles or money or other things that we shouldn't be thinking about. I'm meditating on you, God. You're my delight. Because you are my helper, I will sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. And I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Do you cling to God? Do you cling to God? When you're falling or when, when you're on the ground and you can't get up, when you're struggling, do you cling to the Father? Do you cling to his love? Or do you just let it go and hope he's going to come and catch you? He's like, I've got my hand out. All you got to do is move and reach. Seek me and I will grab you and make you part of, uh, of my life. That's what God wants. He's holding his arm out and he's saying, come to me. I'm, drawn to you. I'm drawing you to me through my love. Do you cling to God? Honestly, you should. To those who cling, there's a benefit. The benefit of clinging to God is you have inner satisfaction. When you're right with God, you are inside satisfied because no matter what, I don't care how bad things are, I'm good with God. When I cling to God, I have joy. Jesus over my circumstances. I have joy that no matter what's going on, the wheels are falling off, the, the house is in foreclosure, the dog's walking out on me. I got joy. I have inner stability when I cling to God and strength, and I have a better perspective and balance. I have this inner perspective and balance when I'm clinging to Christ. Isn't that what you want? The last part says God is my defense. He is my desire. He is my delight. And he's also my defender. Just read that real quick and then we'll close it up. Everything good today? All right, let's close strong. Here's the thing. Our church needs to close strong. Our job as human beings is to look back at our life, this time on earth, and finish strong. Wherever you're at in your life today. If you're young or old, no matter what your relationship is, if you cling to God, you can finish strong and make this life everything it can possibly be through Jesus. Let's finish strong about God as my defense. But those who are plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become food of jackals. Food of jackals is never good, by the way. Just a little bit of understanding. But the king will rejoice and all who trust in him will praise him while the liars will be silenced. God wants to defend you through thick and thin. He wants you to do your part, but he's going to do the best job of defending you. He's better than any attorney. He's better than any mediator. He's better than anything that you can possibly do. Cling to him and watch him defend you. But you got to get out of the way and stop doing the things that you're doing to aggravate things. Make sense? 
Augustine writes this, God loves each one of us as though we were the only one he loves. Listen, God loves us all like we're only children. God loves us so personally. He's like, you're the only one that I love. I know there's 7 billion, but I love you. Right? I love you and I can do great things in your life. God wants to move in you and he says, I love you and you can do wonderful things in me. I love you. And he acts like we're the only children out there, single children. He loves us as if we are the only one. He loves you, man. We are defined by our relationships in life. I was talking to my brother-in-law last night. We were up late. Humans define humans by our relationships. The greatest relationship that we can be defined on is our relationship with God. This endless love that's forever eternal that I've got to tap into. This enduring love that can take me through anything. It's got to be part of my life and my DNA. This steadfast love I'm to seek after to be my desire and my delight and my defense. It's there if I'm willing. The challenge is, will you read Psalm 63 this week a couple of times? Make it part of your DNA. Chase God for once. Read it all day long if you're struggling. And watch the impact of his love. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. At the end of every service, we make sure that there's an opportunity for Jesus to become part of your life. We've done it every Sunday since the tree. Today's no different. If you don't know God, if you're disconnected and you feel distant and far from God, and you want to be a part of his plan and receive all the love that he has, today's the day. If he's tugging on your heart and he says, I, and you feel him saying something to you, just repeat after me and become part of his family and watch him love you like an only child. That's you today. Repeat after me. Father, forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my soul. Be my first love, Lord. Be the greatest love that I've ever had in my life. You died and rose again for me. And I thank you for that love, Father. Teach me how to walk closer to you all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come over me right now so that I can be part of your family and know more about you, Lord. Take me right now as a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen.